Okay, welcome back. Um, I would like to introduce to you our speaker for tonight. This is Christina from Laguna Niguel. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am Christina and I'm an alcoholic. And I'm really grateful to be here tonight. Um, uh, thank you, Sherry, for asking me to share. I'll get you later. <laughs> and um, my friend Marissa for leading, so thank you. And all the, all the ladies that came out to support me tonight. Um, welcome to all the newcomers. And um, it's like our birthday girl left, but it's quite an accomplishment. Um, I'm a little nervous. I never know how to start these things, so bear with me. And um, I, I hope that whatever um, you know I say tonight um, helps you out in some way or another that you can relate to. Um, my sobriety date is February 6, 2016, so I have three and a half years, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, I did not want to come to AA at all. Um, I came in um, to uh, prove people wrong that this program didn't work, and um, and I was very angry um, when I got here about a lot of things. Um, I guess I'll start off. I grew up in San Juan Capistrano, so I'm a local girl here. Um, I am uh, one of two kids. I have a younger brother and. Um, we have a really, really great family uh, unit, and um, uh, my dad is an alcoholic. Although I didn't really, um, I didn't realize that until like much later. I thought everybody's dad, uh, you know, came home and drank a six-pack of Tallboy Schlitz malt liquors every night, and um, you know, he worked hard, so I figured, you know, that was dad deserved his beer. Um, my mom really didn't drink, um, but all of them, our, our family functions were always cocktails, and so, um, you know, nobody really got out of control. Um, drinking was pretty much a normal part of our, you know, social gatherings. Um, so my dad's beer was not one you wanted to steal. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty nasty. Um, I think the first time I drank, I was 13, I was in junior high at my friend's house, and uh, um, her dad is an alcoholic. In fact, he's uh, been in the program for quite a number of years now. And um, But he gave us, her mom went out to dinner, and, and he gave us a six-pack of Carta Blanca nasty beer. And um, Jessica had two, and I had the rest. And um, I guess that should have been an indicator for the way I was going to be drinking when I when I finally got to it. Um, and she had to drag me down the hall um, before her mom walked through the door um, because I had I had had enough. And um, so uh, through high school, I really didn't um, I didn't drink much, uh, and I wasn't a party party girl. I um, I had an older boyfriend. I met him when I was 15, um, who later became my husband. He was eight years older than me, so you can do the math. It's it wasn't <laughs> my parents weren't thrilled, and um, <laughs> neither were my, was my grandfather. And um, 
but you know he became part of our family so a lot of you know my socializing was with older people and um, they were kind of past their crazy town drinking but you know we drank and it was um, not nothing you know catastrophic and uh, I got married um, really young I got married at 19 and um, me um, bought a house and uh, about a year and a half later my daughter came along so I was just shy of my 22nd birthday when I had her and um, we were just loving life we we drank and um, it wasn't uh, problematic and um, I guess for me what I was really working hard I, I had a career that I liked a lot and the industry that I work in uh, um, there were, I mean, it's party central. There are so many people from the few companies that I've worked for in this industry that are in the rooms of AA today. <laughs> so that, uh, it just was like one of those environments. Um, everyone would go out for lunch and drink and, and uh, you know, drink at their desk. And, I mean, it just was like n no rules. And um, I, I had moved back east for a little while. I took a... Um, position at my corporate office in Massachusetts and um, and so I was just really focused on my career for for a long time um, while I was back there um, it was 9-11 uh, um, happened and um, about two weeks later my dad died and um, that um, devastated me and um, I was five and a half months pregnant with my son and um, so I started, the depression for me started to kick in. And after I had him, um, I found myself starting to drink more um, for, you know, comfort than anything. Um, and I really wanted, I missed, com I missed home. So we moved back to, to California. And um, uh, about, I think, maybe six or eight months Later, I realized um, my, my husband and I never had, like, a great relationship. I mean, we, we made it work, but he was super controlling. I had, like, zero friends outside of work and, um, you know, neighborhood. So um, I didn't do a lot. And um, I, I had just turned 30, and I was, like, and I was working at the, probably the most unruly company as far as um, <laughs> drugs and alcohol goes at the time. And... Uh, um, I, I asked, you know, we separated, and um, it was the first time that I had my own place. I, I, I went from sharing a room with my brother to sharing a room with my husband, and I never had any, you know, experience being on my own. And so um, I had a lot of time to make up, I thought, out in the bars and having fun. And when my kids were with their dad, I, I started going out quite a bit. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And I wasn't getting into a lot of trouble then. And, um, but I also started drinking more at home. And uh, I wasn't hanging out with great people. I, I was hanging out with people that drank a lot. And um, so it was like, it was okay, right? Because they were doing the same thing I was doing, and they drank like, I found out I like to drink, and um, it was good. And um, and then, you know, the problems kind of started to kick in. And 
um, I get in stupid situations and I would uh, harm myself. Um, I am not a coordinated person, and um, when I am drinking, it's <laughs> even less so. Um, you know, dislocated knees. Uh, I like to fall a lot, um, and it was never, you know, never because I was drunk or anything. Uh, it was my flip-flops or, um, you know, the person I was dancing with, you know, he, he dipped me and my knee went one way and I went the other, and it was like, it was a shit show. And, um, and uh, you know, um, those things didn't slow me down. It was just get back on the horse and, and um, you know walk walk into the bar with my new my brace from ankle to hip uh, and and power through so um you know things were just probably you know alcoholism is a progressive uh disease and and it it kind of starts to move in on you and um uh i think a turning point uh for the way i drank was um back in 2009 uh, my son was 7 and um, he was diagnosed with leukemia, and uh, that was um, brutal. And uh, it was hard on all of us, um, obviously him the most, but, um, you know, watching, um, watching my son having to go through all of that uh, treatment. He, was, he had chemo for uh, three years. And um, so, like at the beginning when he was in the hospital, I, you know, I stayed there all the time, and I go home and drink. But it wasn't like, you know, I was sneaking across the street. But I did. <laughs> at the end of his treatment, I was done. I was really done. I was tired, and um, I was still really scared that he wasn't going to be 100%. And um, you know, so. Uh, the drinking went from party time to drinking to numb, um, drinking to go to sleep, um, drinking just to not feel all of the things I was feeling. And um, at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm at the doctor's going, I can't sleep, I'm anxious, I'm this, I'm that. I was on all the pills for and drinking. And, um, you know, it just wasn't a good situation. Um, so thankfully, yeah, my son... Um, he's 17 today and driving me nuts, and um, he's he's totally healthy, so we'll get that out of the way. But um, yeah, thank you. Um, you can borrow him at any time. Um, he can drive your car, and yeah, yeah, that'll be fun for you. So um, yeah, uh, so when he got back to normal, uh, you know then um, my drinking kind of got back to normal where I would start, you know, going out again. But this time was different because I was drinking at home a lot, and then I would go out. And um, that's when I started having a lot more um, issues with blacking out. Um, drinking and driving was something I did all the time. Um, and I'm super thankful I never got caught. Um, and it was a, a miracle. I don't know how else to explain that because I was drunk all, all the time. Um, I'm not sure when I really crossed over the line of uh, drinking in the morning, um, you know, just to feel better before work, but um, 
I, I would go home and drink at lunch. Uh, I, I live <laughs> literally like probably seven minutes door to door. But just in case that was going to be too long, I'd pack some wine and a you know coffee thing. <laughs> just because, you know, you never know when you're going to need it. And um, it was just ridiculous. So I was drinking all the time. And, and uh, I was getting tired, but um, I just picked up and, and kept going. Um, I started dating somebody. Um, I hadn't dated in a really long time because everything that my, my family was going through, I just, everything kind of got sidelined. And, um, and uh, I started getting really sick. And um, so I was going to the doctors. You know, I just, I had a lot of things, a lot of symptoms. I mean, my, it was, I was a mess. I, my hair was starting to fall out in places. I, um, I had three nosebleeds that wouldn't stop bleeding, and I had my nose cauterized like three times. Um, I, I was sick. I couldn't eat um, when I did want to eat because, I, truthfully, I, was, I wasn't eating. I was just drinking all the time. And, um, and so I went to the doctor, and they said, oh, yeah, your gallbladder's toast. you got to go in. I was like, all right. So, of course, <laughs> like a good alcoholic, I drank before I went in, you know, uh, like just in case because I might be here for like six hours or something. And uh, um, this, uh, I came out of that, that surgery with my doctors and then my mom standing there, and I was like, hmm. And uh, they're like, well, you know, we, we left your gallbladder, but um, your liver doesn't look very good. And uh, we took a biopsy while we were in there. And um, I was like, okay. And like, well, uh, how much do you drink? I'm like, I don't know, normal amount, I guess. And, uh, and uh, they're like, yeah, probably not. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm caught, you know? And um, they're like, well, we think you have cirrhosis, but we'll know in a few weeks. And um, you should really stop drinking. And uh, I was like, okay, um, you know, so it was a brutal, it was like, you know, your covers, the covers were pulled off, everybody now is aware, and um, of course I, I was naturally trying to defend my drinking, and because it was like my only thing, you know, right, I, I couldn't imagine not drinking, and um, my boyfriend at the time, he took me uh, away um, for uh, four days after I got out of the hospital, and during that time, my mom cleaned out my uh, liquor cabinet, the cabinet. She didn't know all the other places to look. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember I, I came home, and she took my cooking sherry, and I was like, why did you take that? And she's like, I just didn't want you to drink it. I'm like, who would drink that? Well, <laughs> me. Apparently, because I bought it to cook a recipe, and later on, um, and uh, and I, I did, um, and it was awful, uh, it was horrible. But um, I stayed sober. Uh, I had I had a friend that was in the program already that um, I I thought well if it could work for her, uh, maybe maybe I could try it. Um, the, the only thing I really knew about AA was. Um, Two things. So when I was growing up, the church next door, um, they had meetings there, and uh, they would hang that AA like reflective sign. 
at night and, and with the arrow, you know, and I was like, oh, God, and, and we, I don't, we're not going near there. And, um, and then when, when my dad was going through some stuff, he, he tried going through the program, um, and uh, he had some major resentments with my mom. So all I remember him saying to me was, like, you know, he had a sponsor. He was trying to get to the four step, and he was like, I refuse. I'm not going to re- forgive your mom. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I, all the I'm nots. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that, you know, contributed to his, you know, he died at 51 because he wasn't taking care of himself and he was still drinking. And um, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sad that he couldn't get this program. Um, and uh, so anyway, I, I, Kimmy took me to a meeting or two and uh, I sat there and I was like, I am not doing this. And, you know, I'd go to a, a meeting on my own and um, I would hear all the differences and um, I just didn't want to be there. And um, so I actually made it to 60 days and um, Kimmy brought me a chip and to my house and um, I think, you know, ever and hoping I would take the olive branch, you know, and get back and get into the rooms. And um, I... Uh, I just didn't really want to do it. Um, so I decided after my daughter's graduation party from high school that I was um, it was okay for me to have a glass of wine. I worked really hard, and um, I'd stayed sober for 60 days, so, you know, whatever. I mean, it's not just sober. It was like I just didn't drink for 60 days. And, uh, um, you know, that one bo- one glass turned into two, turned into three, turned into four bottles a night again, you know, and, um, and, you know, it's no wonder my, my poor liver was like not wanting to hang out with me anymore. (laughs) So, um, it's, it just was, um, I was just brutalizing myself and, um, I, I kept drinking for another two and a half years, um, until, um, my daughter, who I think was of 18, 19 at the time, um, you know, she came to me one day, and um, I had a really bad few weeks, and I had a couple weeks off of work, and I had way too much time on my hands. And uh, she came to me and said, um, you know, I, I don't want to live here with you anymore. Um, I don't want Ryan to live here with you anymore. And um, if you can't stop drinking, you know, we're going to dad's and we're not coming back. And um, that I heard. I I had heard, I heard her. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. But um, I checked into uh, an outpatient treatment center. Um, and I started uh, the detox process. I had to drive to Orange every day. Um, for, you know, my check-ins and my breathalyzers. Um, not going to lie, the first two weeks, eh, wasn't really sold. Um, I bought a breathalyzer because I still was drinking <laughs> in the morning. And I would, like, make sure I was at a zero to go get my meds. And then just freaking talk about insanity, right? I mean, just, like, stupid shit. And, um, and uh, I finally, you know, I went to, like, one AA meeting and, I went back to my doctor, and he's like, yeah. I, I said, I drank again. And he said, I know. And I was like, okay. And he said, you, you need to go to meetings, or you need to come to the groups here. You need to, you need to go. 
And I was like, all right. So I started going to a Monday meeting. It was um, perfect for me. It was called AA for Dummies. And um, I, that was the only meeting I was going to for a little while. But it was enough to get me started. And um, I quickly kind of, I think after my 30 days, started going to a meeting every day of the week. And it was getting hard. Like, you know, I mean, um, I, I would have a hard time after work going home and not wanting to drink. And um, I started getting involved. I took a commitment really early at that, at that meeting, at the dummies meeting. And then I was going every day and sometimes two days, uh, two times a day on the weekends just to keep busy, just to keep around people where I knew I was safe. You know, I stayed away from that aisle in the grocery store because it's just, it was so tempting. Um, and the, the most important thing was I got honest with um, my, my, I mean, my family, more of my family. Um, my kids were obviously fully aware, and they were aware for quite a while, but um, that I was trying to do to be sober, and um, my my employers were on board, so I had a really good support group, and it was very helpful to me. Um, you know, the one commitment turned into a few. I got into um, H and I, and and doing panels, and I really liked doing that. Um, and obviously, I got a, I've got a sponsor. Um, <laughs> I've had a few sponsors. There was a few at the beginning that uh, were not for me. One was telling me I needed to quit my job and just focus on my sobriety. I'm like, you don't understand how this works. I'm a single mom <laughs> with <laughs> two kids, and um, you know, I like having a place to live. So I'm thinking I'm gonna just keep my job. <laughs> and um, so we parted ways. And um, and uh, I worked the steps with somebody else, and um, but I got to like after the fifth step, and I was like, uh-huh, I don't feel feel right, and I was really looking um, to have a more spiritual program because that's what this is about anyway, is you know connecting with your higher power. Um, I didn't have a hard time. Um, I, I believed. Uh, in God for me, I mean, is my higher power, and but I didn't fully trust, and I had to work on that a lot. Um, you know, I t turn it over all the time because I try to take take it back and run my own show. And um, with my my current sponsor, um, we did a Joe and Charlie um, study and. Um, you know, so it was with a bunch of my sober sisters, and we worked through the steps. We obviously did our, like, fourth and fifth on, on an individual basis. But it was, like, it was a really awesome thing for me. I got very into it. And um, it, it was amazing this time what came out of the, the fourth and fifth for me. Um, first off, uh, this sponsor was not afraid to tell me, yeah, it's you. <laughs> like, I'm like getting to every every end of the column going, oh, it's me again. That's <laughs> fantastic. Um, so, I, you know, you got to own it at some point in time and, and stop playing the blame game with everybody. Um, my relationship with my mom uh, was really rocky um, on my side, not hers. 
Um, but I had a lot of resentments against my mom. And, um, and I didn't realize how much crap I was holding on to um, that was affecting my, my normal day-to-day. -day. Um, and this time, it was different. And I trusted in the process. And um, um, the, the amends um, I've been working on this year have been um, a, a miracle. I, I made amends to my mom, and it was really a great, um, I was so nervous because I didn't want to go on the defensive. I, I just wanted to say what I needed to say, and, and her response to me was, was really great, and it's, um, our relationship has been super over this past year, and um, in fact, <laughs> I'm moving in next door to her in October. We'll see. Um, um, there will be a lot of praying and some boundaries, <laughs> but, but it's all right. I, that would have like never even been a consideration um, uh, a couple years ago. And um, uh, my daughter, um, you know, I took, I took her to breakfast one morning and um, told her the purpose and wanted to make amends. And so she got there and she's like, yeah, um, well, can you just say that you did this and just we don't have to do this? And I was like, no, I, I have to do this. And I mean, I had an out, right? <laughs> I was like, but I know it doesn't heal unless you do the work. And um, uh, it was a really beautiful thing. Um, I went to Hawaii this year, my first time, <laughs> yeah. And um, my brother moved out there a few years ago, so I went and made my amends with him. Um, and um, I, I have a few more to make. I just did it with my son last week. You know, 17-year-olds are hard, man. It's like, you know, I had to make him put his phone down. And, and um, that was like, you know, punishment, right? And, um, and he listened. He's super quiet. He's a very reflective kid. So he, he listened. And I, I'm not sure. I hope he heard everything I had to say that would help him heal a little bit. Um, but just doing these things... Um, not only does it keep me sober, but it frees up, you know, my soul and, and you know, cleans up my side of the street. Um, part of the amends process uh, for me was being stuck and, and where I'm at, Bob, and I decided this last year to go back to school, so now I'm in school and um, still working time and doing, meeting some, a really busy person, but I have a very full life and, you know, it's, it's amazing because um, all I was doing was being a slave to the bottle, you know, three and a half years ago. And, um, you know, I, ca I can't say enough about the fellowship here. And, um, you know, some, uh, it's really hard to let your, to, you know, open up yourself to other people sometimes. It is for me. I, I just want to keep everybody at arm's length and, and kind of like manage it. Right. And, but I'll tell you what, like, there are so many women in this room tonight that have saved my ass. Sorry, butt just doesn't, like, cut it for this. <laughs> it literally just saved it um, more than more than a few times. And it, because I'm willing to be honest, I'm willing to call somebody when I'm in fear. I'm willing to, um, you know, say the crazy things that are in my head. 
and um, and and get that love back from people who understand where I'm at. And um, I I hope for the newcomers that you stay, um, that you get involved, that you start talking, you go to meetings, you know, you take a commitment um, because I'll, I'll tell you what I my, the first. Second commitment I took was on a Saturday meeting at 12:30 in the afternoon. Nobody wanted that commitment. <laughs> Nobody for every Saturday. And I was a secretary there for a year, but it kept me sober. It kept me engaged in a time of day when my kids weren't around and and that was like I felt vulnerable and and that saved me big time. So, you know, I would encourage you to to get involved and um I uh, I think that's about all I have to say, but I thank you for letting me share. Have a good night.